Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome right. to New York. Oh. This is is the Devil's Devil's State of Mind Mind Podcast, Podcast. brought to you by the Hockey Hockey Podcast Podcast Network. Network. Now here's your host, host, Neil Villapiano! What is going on, Devils fans? It is, as always, the host your best friend, your confidant, your number one source, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network as well as Sportswire Radio, the best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. As always, guys, I hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode Thank you guys, as always, for taking time out of your day to check these episodes out. You know that I greatly, greatly appreciate it. And I also want to quickly just give a big shout out to all the people that I met up with at last night's game against the Maple Leafs at The Rock. It was really great to see a lot of you guys there. A lot of people that just wanted to come by, say hi, show their appreciation, all that stuff. Really, really does mean a lot to me, guys. So I thank you, as always, from the bottom of my heart for all the love, support, and everything you guys give for the Devil's State of Mind podcast. Because as I always say, this podcast is for the fans by a fan. So thank you, as always, guys. This podcast episode and everything we do here at the Hockey Podcast Network are sponsored, as always, by our wonderful friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Guys. The National Tournament, NCAA Tournament, March Madness is right around the corner. We are in conference championship tournament weeks right now. We are so close to National Tournament. The World Baseball Classic is underway. Major League Baseball's opening day is only a couple weeks away. And the Stanley Cup playoffs, as well as the NBA playoffs, are just a few weeks away. So with all this awesome high-flying sports action going on, You already know the DraftKings Sportsbook is going to be your number one place to get in on all of the huge cash prizes. So if you want to get a little extra money for yourself, go to DraftKings Sportsbook right now, sign up, use our promo code THPN, and as always, tell them 
that your boy Neil Villapiano sent you. Once again, a big thank you and shout out to our sponsors at DraftKings Sportsbook for sponsoring the Hockey Podcast Network as well as the Devil's State of Mind Podcast. Got a little bit of a shorter episode for you folks. We really only have one game to recap, and that was Tuesday night's game at home against the Toronto Maple Leafs, so we will recap that. I also do want to take some time to talk about Vitek Vanacek and my concerns about his overall play over the last handful of games, and we'll kind of evaluate that. And for the first time in a long time, we will give you guys a Utica Comets, Adirondack Thunder, and Metropolitan Riveters update. I know it has been a long time since the last time I did this, but with so much going on in Devil's World, it's been t- at times a little bit hard to get to everything that I want to, but I'm going to be trying to get a little bit more consistent with it. Unfortunately for the Riveters, their season will be coming to an end by the end of this uh, by the end of this week. Um, but we will still have Utica Comets and Adirondack Thunder updates for you throughout the rest of the season. So, as always, guys, we have a bunch to get to here on the Devil's State of Mind podcast. So let's not waste any more time and get rolling. So we will kick things off with recapping Tuesday night's game at home against the Toronto Maple Leafs. First home game for the Devils in 10 days. But the big story, obviously, was Timo Meyer's home debut. You knew this was going to be a sold-out crowd. You know people were going to be ecstatic to get to see number 96 in the red and black for the first time at home. You know, as soon as the game started, we heard Timo Meyer chants and there was a huge applause and everything when he made his when he got on the ice for the first time when the game started. It was great. It was absolutely great that uh, us Devils fans got to welcome him home in that very nice way. Devils were also looking for the season series uh win over the Toronto Maple Leafs and the last time we faced them, I mean, there was definitely a lot that was going on, including somebody throwing a chicken tender on the ice. So clearly there is uh there's the devils were looking for some revenge. I think that's definitely that the word that they're you're looking for there. And the Leafs a little bit banged up going into this one. Ryan O'Reilly just put on long-term IR on Monday with a broken thumb. So their big acquisition gonna be out for a while. We'll see when he's able to get back. John Tavares also did not play in this one. He was dealing with a sickness. So you're still facing off against Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, and all and William Nylander, but you knew the Leafs were going to be a little bit shorthanded. Right from the start, guys, in that first period, the Devils really dominated. They created chance after chance. Right away, Timo Meyer nearly scored a tap-in goal, which would have been a perfect start to the game for him. Um, the guy, the guys just really, really peppered Ilya Samsonov a lot with shots, but Samsonov was tremendous. I should also mention in a funny way that the goalie matchup for this game was Ilya Samsonov versus Vitek Vanacek, the two goaltenders for the Washington Capitals last season. So if you're a Capitals fan, uh, it was definitely a weird thing to see two former Caps going up against one another in this one, both trying to uh, compete against one another. But going back to that first period, yeah, again, the Devils really, really dictated the pace, really dictated the play, created a lot of really awesome scoring chances, but Samsonov was strong. No score after one, but the shots were 15-5 to in favor of the Devils. So you felt really good after the first period that goals were going to come, that they were going to, and hopefully come a plenty for the Devils. 
But the Devils really didn't do as well in the second period as they did in the first. The Leafs certainly picked things up to start the period. Just a few minutes in, William Nylander with a beautiful backhand feed through the legs of Sigathar to a wide-open Kelly Yarncrook, who taps it in easily in a wide-open net, and the Leafs grab the 1-0 lead. But the Devils, as they consistently do, found a way to respond later in the period. Eric Halla coming up the middle of the ice right in the slot, would even things up late in the period, the puck bouncing right to his stick, and he's able to knock it in for a rebound goal, getting his sixth of the year. And most importantly, it ties the game up at one after two periods of play. So it's low scoring, both goaltenders on their game. And I said it right after the second period ended that this was going to be a wild finish. Now, a couple minutes in to... The third period, Devils got a power play, but a bad defensive breakdown, including a really bad turnover from Timo Meyer, led to a Mitch Marner breakaway opportunity. He went from his backhand to his forehand as he's falling down, is able to get it past Vitek Vanacek and give the Leafs the lead back 2-1. to one. So definitely the first major mistake of the night, and it wasn't really... It wasn't great. It was definitely a frustrating type of goal to give up. You don't want to give up shorthanded goals, but the Devils did there. Fortunately, they would once again respond very quickly thanks to Andre Pilat, who earlier in the game, he got uh, a stick right up in the mouth. He ended up losing a couple teeth. He was bleeding profusely from his mouth. It was, it was definitely not a pretty sight. And they ended up calling a four-minute power play in which the Devils did not score on. But Pilat would come back in the third period. He'd get a nice feed from Dawson Mercer. Pilat would go through the legs of Samsonov and in for just his eighth goal of the year and tie the game up at two. And for that man, Dawson Mercer, he continues his point streak as it officially reaches double digits as now he has gotten a point in each of his last 10 games. So he continues to play some outstanding hockey right now. But just 3.02 later, Eric Halla, the man they call Hollywood, would get his seventh of the year, second of the game. He'd get a piece of a shot that was just thrown onto the net from Andre Pilat. It trickled past Samsonov and in, and the Devils grabbed the lead at 3-2. to two. So you're feeling really, really good at this point. You have the momentum. The crowd is behind you. Eric Halla's got a three-point night to his two goals and an assist, and it just seemed like only a matter of time before the Devils would find a way to put this one away. They had a great chance when Jesper Brack came in on a breakaway, but Samsonov denied him, which was definitely frustrating. But then the Maple Leafs stunned us all. Another defensive breakdown led to a beautiful feed from Kemp to Michael Bunting. It was a beautiful play, beautiful cross-crease uh, pass from Kemp to to Bunting. He tap it in again, wide open net catching VTech out of position, and the Leafs would tie the game up at three with 450 left. But things went from bad to worse immediately because right after that, Timo Meyer takes a two minute high sticking penalty, and then Austin Matthews. Just a just about a minute or so into the power play, left all alone the slot. He gets the one T shot beating Vitek Vanacek and gives the Leafs the 4-3 lead, giving the Leafs two goals in a minute 57. And that crowd, I will tell you, went absolutely silent. 
you could hear a pin drop. I think everybody was stunned at how quickly the Devils went from being up a goal to being down a goal. And the Devils really didn't generate much of anything from that point. I think just the energy and the life in that building kind of suck everything out of the Devils. And they unfortunately could not tie it up. And the Devils lose a frustrating one, an unacceptable loss in some ways, by the final score of 4-3 to three in regulation to the Leafs. This is the first blown lead which led to a loss in quite some time. I can't even remember the last time the Devils blew a lead and ultimately still lost the game. But yeah, like I said before, really unacceptable loss. You know, you really... It's so frustrating to have a game like that and have the game, you know, in your hands, in control, and just let it slip away, let two points slip away. And it's frustrating. It really is frustrating. Um, Eric Hall, one positive note, had a phenomenal game, best game as a Devil, two goals, one assist, three points. So he was involved on in all three goals for the Devils. The top six, other than early in the game, really did not step up. You know, it was frustrating that Brad could not score in that power play. The inconsistency, definitely frustrating. Timo Meyer, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm really pissed off that Devils fans are flipping out this much on Timo after one bad game, and it's just the second game that he's played since we acquired him. I know that he obviously made the turnover that resulted in the, um, in the Mitch Marner goal, and then obviously took that penalty, which resulted in the game-winning goal from Austin Matthews. But there were so many other problems this game, too. Too many defensive breakdowns, making things pretty easy at times for the Leafs. And Vitek Vanacek was solid, but again, just not at his best. And it was definitely a concern to see him not be as reliable as he once was just a few games ago. Um, And when you have a four-minute power play and you don't even generate much of anything on it, I mean, these are opportunities that the Devils let slip away that ultimately cost them the game. So wherever you want to look at it, even if it's on the deserve to win meter we clearly dominated. The reality is, is that we didn't take advantage of the opportunities when they were given to us and we lost the game. So it's a frustrating one. You know, we lose some ground on first place in the Metro with Carolina beating Montreal on Tuesday in the shootout. So now the Devils are four points behind um, the Canes, but still nine points ahead of the Rangers. So you know, you're not losing much of anything except an opportunity to get some more points and continue to push yourself that much further to clinching a playoff spot. And especially losing at home, you don't want to see that. So that's a tough one. So with the loss, Devils drop to 41-16-6. Still have 88 points on the year. As I mentioned before, now currently four points behind Carolina for first place in the Metropolitan Division after the shootout win that they had uh, versus Montreal. Still in good shape with 19 games left to go. And you look at the rest of this week, you got the Washington Capitals in D.C. on Thursday or the day that you guys are listening to this episode. And then we take on Montreal in Montreal on Saturday. So these are two winnable games and a good opportunity again for the Devils to bounce back and try to keep themselves going here as we get down to the home stretch of this season. But yeah, definitely a frustrating loss to say the least. Another good news thing is that I, for the first time, got the chance to go on the ice after the game and take a group picture with a couple of my friends. So that was a really kind of a fun experience. I'm glad I got to do that. Would have been nice to to get the win to kind of add on to that, but it's not always how the cookie crumbles, right? So Devils will have a chance to bounce back on Thursday, and we'll see if they can indeed bounce back 
against the Washington Capitals. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can feel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000. And if you don't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You could throw down on all major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your bidding options feel endless. And with baseball season right around the corner, you already know there's going to be tons of opportunities picking who's going to win the World Series to all-star game voting and so, so much more. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use our promo code THPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So I mentioned it towards the end of that last segment, talking about, you know, Vitek Vanacek was solid, but not at his best. And that brings me to... Kind of the main talking point of this episode, and you see it in the title of this episode, is talking about Vitek Vanacek. He has very much struggled of late in that, and it's not completely his fault. There have been many times where the defense just completely gave up in front of him, but he has still had moments where we say Vitek should have had that. So let's look at his last five starts because I think that's a good evaluation. In his last five starts, he has posted a 3-2-0 record. So a winning record, you know, is solid. But he's given up 20 goals in the last five games, stopping 92 of the 112 shots he has faced. And that is comes out to a .814 save percentage, well below nine. So that is definitely, definitely a problem that we have not been getting plus 900 or better uh, save percentage from Vitek Vanacek, our number one guy. Now, a lot of, you know, there's definitely a bunch of questions you could ask. Could it be fatigue? It's very possible. Defensive breakdowns? Certainly possible. Is he in a funk right now? It happens, you know, 82 game season, you're going to end up in some funks. Is it a mixture of all these things? I think it's more likely that it's a mixture of everything. Now, Lindy Ruff did mention after the Leafs loss that he blames more of a defensive breakdowns in the defense in general than VTech for why the struggles have been happening and the inconsistent play that we've gotten from number 41. So that is definitely something to keep in mind. It's something that I wanted to just mention that you know, we got to see how it goes. I've had Capitals fans say before, well, this is the VTech that we know a little bit more where he does play well in the regular season, but once you get close to the playoffs in the playoffs, he's not as reliable. And so, again, this is the first time in VTech's young career that he has got a chance to be the number one guy and have a huge workload. So when you look at VTech's uh, games played so far in each of, each of now the almost three seasons he's played in the NHL, in 2020-2021, he played in 37 games. Uh, last season, 21-22, he played in 42. And he's played in 41 games so far in the 22-23 season with 19 games left to go. So he will definitely play much more 
than what he's played um, prior to this year. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's our number one guy now, and he's finally getting the chance to be the number one starting goaltender on this team. So he is getting used to playing with that heavy workload. Um, so he's going to go through some difficulties. Uh, but I definitely think that it has to be a team effort to kind of fix this stuff right now. Again, talking about the defensive breakdowns, we are allowing guys to have too much space in the middle of the, you know, right in the slot. We're allowing too many shots to hit the net, not blocking enough shots and making really stupid turnovers like the Timo Meyer one. I know I don't want to harp on it, but that's a really good example. And then just kind of leaving VTech out the dry. Now, earlier this, even this, uh, past couple of weeks, he was, you know, still making those big time saves to kind of win these games. And right now, this is a situation where the defense and obviously the offense to an extent have to step up a little bit more to kind of help him get through this difficult time. And I thought maybe starting him against Toronto would give him a pick me up and it not being the case. Don't know if Lindy Ruff's going to want to go back to him. But he may have some extra motivation because this is his, a matchup against his former team and, and his former teammates. And this might be a really good chance for him to kind of bounce back and have a really good game. I wouldn't be against starring Akira Schmidt either. So I'm not going to be upset with either guy going. But you want to get Vitek Vanacek to get back to the level that he was playing at earlier. And so that he, as well as the team itself, can go into the playoffs with a little bit more confidence in each other. So. You know, I want to know what your guys' thoughts on VTech Vanacek. So, you know, let me know on Twitter at Devil State or on Instagram at Devil State of Mine. Um, you know, just hit me up. More than willing to talk, but I, I want to get your thoughts on what you think about VTech Vanacek right now. Are you concerned? Are you not? And if so, why or why not? Um, but it's something to keep in mind, and hopefully, VTech can turn it around sooner rather than later. So, the last thing, like I promised to you guys, is to have our first. Utica Comets, Adirondack Thunder, and Metropolitan Riveters recap in a long time. So certainly a lot has happened with these three teams since the last time we spoke. So let's start with the Utica Comets. They are currently 27-20-8, so one game below 500, 62 points on the year, currently in a three-way tie for fifth place overall in the Eastern Conference. So they got off to a slow start in the season, but thanks to Nico Dawes and also Akira Schmid, they have been able to really get back in the thick of things and are definitely in a position uh, to make the playoffs. Graham Clark, who I thought was going to get a chance when he got called up to play some games, uh, is right back down to Utica and is definitely leading the way. 20 goals, 24 assists for 44 points on the year. Simone Nemetz, our number two overall pick this past summer, is definitely getting comfortable in his first season in North America. Six goals, 12 assists. A, an eight for 18 points and also has a plus minus of plus 14. So definitely leading the way in that category. One of the better defensemen that we have. So it's great to see him continue to develop into that really, really talented defenseman that's going to be playing for the Devils in the very near future. Looking at the comments week ahead, they got three games this upcoming week. They're at home on Friday against the Belleville Senators. And then they play back-to-back -back away games first in Wilkes-Barre Scranton against the Penguins on Saturday night. And then they travel into another part of Pennsylvania going to Lehigh Valley to take on the Phantoms in Lehigh Valley on Sunday. So let's see if the Comets can get themselves some more points here and try to really, really get down the home stretch of the AHL regular season and get ready for the playoffs. And now we go to the Adirondack Thunder. Now, 
when we last spoke about the Thunder, really, really struggled, you know, the first month and change of this season. And I think when you look at where they started and kind of where they are now, you can definitely tell that they've gotten, they've definitely improved. They are 21, 24, and 8 right now. So clearly, you know, not in the position they would like, but certainly better than where they were before. 50 points on the year, tied for 11th place in the Eastern Conference. So I think any chance they may have of making the playoffs is pretty slim, but, you know, we'll see how things progress. Like I said before, they definitely have been playing better of late. Shane Harper still leading the way for the Thunder with 15 goals, 34 assists, and 49 points on the season. And some pretty fun Jersey connection news here. The Adirondack Thunder just signed a local kid from central New Jersey, uh, Howell, New Jersey to be exact, uh, defenseman Kyle Howborough. Um, he played at Howell High School. He also played for the New Jersey Hitmen of the USPHL and then went to RPI University. And this past season for RPI, two goals, 11 assists for 13 points with a plus minus of minus nine. But he gets his first crack at playing some professional hockey as a defenseman, and we'll see what he can do to help out the Thunder uh, in these next couple of games. Um, at the time of this recording, the Thunder are playing the Mariners right now. Uh, we'll see how that, we'll see the result tomorrow, uh, Thursday. Uh, for the rest of the week, Friday, they're at Worcester, and then they have two games at home back-to-back, both against Trois-Rivières on Saturday and Sunday. So let's, let's hope the Thunder can, uh, can rack up some more points and try to finish the season on a high note and, uh, you know, try to keep keep themselves keep the good vibes rolling right now. And then lastly, we have the Metropolitan Riveters of the Premier Hockey Federation. So the Riveters, you know, with all the new players and new head coach and everything, everything new, even new location, uh, definitely haven't had the world's greatest season. They are 9-13 and 0 right now, 24 points, uh, one point ahead of Montreal for fifth place in the PHF. And they have they're coming off back-to-back wins against Montreal, an overtime win, and then a, and then a uh, pretty close regulation win on Sunday of last week. So they jumped from sixth into fifth, you know, passing Montreal. And Kelly Babstock, Sarah Bujold, Madison Parker, uh, Packer, excuse me, and Amanda Pelkey are the ones leading the way this season for uh, the Riveters. Uh, Kelly Babstock has nine goals, eleven assists for twenty points. Uh, Bujold has 10 goals, 7 assists for 17 points. Packer, 9 goals, 8 assists, 17 points. And then Pelkey, 4 goals, 14 assists for 17 points. But I wanted to quickly shout out one player in particular on the Riveters, and that name is goaltender Rachel McQuiggy, who is playing her first year of professional hockey was extremely good at Princeton. And by the way, she also does broadcasting for hockey games at Princeton as well and does a pretty re- pretty good job. So I'll give her I'll give her a lot of credit. She's very very good at what she does as a broadcaster. She also has one of my favorite goalie setups in the PHF. If you haven't seen it yet, look her up on Twitter or even look it up on Google Images and you'll see, you know, her pad. She's got the complete top gun uh, look, she's got a Top Gun goalie helmet with pads. And when you look at it in that Riveters uh, home blue jersey, it just looks so sick. It's such a sick, you know, combination for a goaltender, um, which is great. Uh, she also did just return to the Riveters 
uh, Crease after missing nearly the last three months due to an injury. And in her first game back, she made a diving save nearly towards the Riveters bench. She came all the way out to make this save to keep the Riveters in the game or, or winning the game at that point. So she really, um, she's only she's only played a couple games due to injury, but uh, definitely wanted to give her a special shout out for her perseverance and getting back onto the ice. And hopefully she can get another game or two before the season ends. Now, the Riveters have their final two games of the regular season this upcoming weekend. Again, all home games at the American Dream Mall in the Meadowlands, right across from MetLife Stadium. So if you're at the American Dream Mall, you have a chance to go see a couple of professional women's hockey games. They are both against the Buffalo Buttes. Friday night will be the first one, and then Saturday afternoon at 2. And the Riveters also announced that after the game, if you still have your ticket, I think if you still have your ticket, if I'm not mistaken, you will get a chance to skate on the ice with the team after the game. It is also their Pride weekend, so definitely a big weekend. And the the Riveters unfortunately will not be qualifying for the PHF playoffs as it's only the top four teams, and they don't have enough games left to try to get back into fourth place. So they will unfortunately miss the playoffs this year. But they have two more games left. This upcoming weekend. So if you got a chance to go, I highly recommend you go and cheer on the Riveters for these final two games as they look to end this season on a high note. And that is your most recent Utica Comets, Adirondack Thunder, and Metropolitan Riveters recap.